we have really good subjects and I'm I'm excited about our podcast. I'm yeah. really excited. It's going to bring some people validation, which I think it's one of the things I wrote in my notes for the first big topic. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in the <laughs> in the in our topic. After a word from our sponsor that we don't have. <laughs> so, I couldn't whip up a fake sponsor. That would be hilarious, but uh let's just do the doobly-doo intro so this is fred uh i'm strange lab life on twitter and many things and i have many other accounts and this is john hi uh it's john i'm completionist nd on twitter and uh we'll i'm also uh part of the team uh yes. we'll have a really good conversation and we'll be able to explore many of the subjects um thank you fred uh, for the opportunity let's kick this off yeah and if you want links to our stuff and whatever we're posting uh, online the links will be in the doobly-doo below whatever platform you're listening in on uh, we're gonna probably start with youtube <laughs> <laughs> and moving on so we have our first question of the day I don't know which one is the first question okay I've, so lost, first I've question. lost my discord window <laughs> so maybe you can no help. worries I'll, I'll help with that. So first question okay. of today is, um, so adults with ADHD, um, you know, what, what are the communities or what are the support platforms or how to get support when you're diagnosed late in life? That's so, a good question. you know, uh, I've been and, there. And <laughs> how do you bring that, you know, you know, People, you know, we all know the families and friends around it, but, you know, maybe more outside of that, something that's less of um, subjective, you know, and maybe more objective outside of the, the yeah. close contact. Well, families don't don't live with neurodivergence unless they know about it and they have it. So it's usually better to find some people that are like you. And I think yeah, you want to go ahead and maybe take a stab mm -hmm. at it first. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a stab at it. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, um, I found support uh, in in. To be quite frank, let's I'll take a, as an example at university. That's you know okay, the first cool. place where I started to yeah school actually school. Uh, a lot of the places they do have services. Um, I went to my university had outside. I got support. There were groups there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that was one thing for me that really helped me. Um, there was a lot of, of you know, good uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm I'm less of a TikTok, but, you know, I know there's a lot on TikTok. My sister is very on TikTok for that, for communities and, and being able to share tips and tricks. Okay. But she watches videos um, or does she? Yeah, she watches. Okay. She watches she gets, videos uh, a lot. Okay. Yeah. She she con she consumes the content. She doesn't produce it, but oh, she she consumes it. That's and um, but yeah, it's it. I think that you can find it, um, you know, generally around you. Uh, it's just it's not something that's you know always put forward. So sometimes we do have to search a little bit. Um, but yeah. yeah, that that was my experience. Uh, what about you, Fred? Yeah, me, it's uh, Twitter communities. It's a new thing that they, they put out on Twitter. It's a new feature. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like anonymous in the sense that you don't have a lot of neurotypicals making fun of people. Whereas in 
you try all the hashtags on Twitter, you always get somebody who's like uh, being mean. But in the communities, it's it's only people who are neurodivergent. So just browsing that and seeing uh, questions like, uh, does anybody have this or uh, aren't you tired of X? It's just for me, it was mostly validation, just seeing a, how many people were autistic or just like this one that I'm looking at. It's like uh, he's saying he's, he was recently, well, he or she was recently diagnosed at 40 so that's mm -hmm. validation like i i'm uh, i've been diagnosed with autism at close to 40 and it's a new thing so you always mm -hmm. find somebody online who's pretty much going through the same thing as you are but in in most of my life like if i go outside and i try to find somebody who's living the same thing i won't find anything mm -hmm. uh, school can be a yeah. good thing i think you you said that too uh, yeah, it's a good place for support. But for me, like when you're at, he's saying like he's at been, forty, it's not at the 40, same. You're thing. not at yeah, school, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's not something yeah. you discuss at work. It's not uh, and yeah. it, and I like you've well, got your doctor, you got your shrink, you got your therapist. Well, you've got but... a good point, actually. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'll I'll take you on on. It's not at work. It's not at work. That's true. But a lot of of work do have. Uh, programs, uh, uh, employee assistance program. Uh, yeah. Some, well, I, I mean, I know a lot of companies I've consulted with uh, had that included uh, in their packages uh, for for employee benefits. And you know, if if you do need some, you know, psychological, you know, help or you know, listening or whatever, oh, there right. are some services sometimes like offered by your company. Yeah, yeah. they'll find yeah. a shrink for you. I think there's things mm -hmm. like that. You're right. Yeah, so there's I a mean, few options. <laughs> there, there are options. It's just we don't always think about the options when we're stuck in front of the problem because we're so close up to it. But you know what? It's well, it's you, you, when we look a bit, we can see that there are supports around us. It's just that we weren't, we weren't uh, attuned to see them or catch them. But you know, once we open our eyes and we start looking at it, we can find more. Yeah, I think it's I mean, the it's basically you don't have like. Um... I don't know, welcome to autism guide that says, well, you can find support X, Y, and Z when you get a diagnosis. Yeah, I can't we pronounce don't? that word. <laughs> Diagnostic don't, diagnosis, I, I can't pronounce it, but like <laughs> they don't give you anything like, here's a quick start guide for your microwave. Like here's a quick start guide for ADHD. You go here in the community, you get this support group, you talk to this person at your job and things like that. You don't have like a quick start guide for that. And I think that's a... Uh, like we know all the resources because we've been there for years, but somebody like this, like yeah. he was recently diagnosed. I, I'm guessing mm -hmm. that it's, he's talking about today. So maybe he's got mm -hmm. like the diagnosis uh, three months ago. And I think that's a good thing that my shrink did is he uh, gave me a required reading, which was a book. It was only ADG tes testimonials in there. So only people mm -hmm. who discussed like, I'm John, I got ADHD. I've been, and then you have yeah. like 12 pages of, John's life describing how he works and what he does mm -hmm. and what's the challenges. It's all the same questions, but basically yeah. he forced me to read this because he felt, and, and he was right. Like it made me feel less alone. Like I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I got a GHD. I understand yeah. it, but I felt like this was like, uh, 
like a yeah. lightning strike like why me mm -hmm. why me blah 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 mm -hmm. oh poor me and all stuff like that self-misery and when i saw that other people were basically living with it and and thriving some people were actually yeah. doing pretty good uh, well yeah. you see and, and i mean I'll, i'll take as an example because that that brings me up all i think we can we'll close off after this but mm -hmm. uh, on this question but There was one uh, very good documentary uh, that was done uh, in Quebec. So in Quebec, they yes. have a uh, they have a regional. I think they have a regional TV um, called uh, um, Quebec TV or Tele Quebec. So yeah, Tele Quebec um, and Tele Quebec, and they um, they did a super good documentary that was called. Um, ADHD, my, my love ADHD, which was, uh, there was a segment of how ADHD is represented in kids, in teenagers, in teenagers and in adults. And it was real adults in our everyday, you know, in their everyday lives that, um, well, kids and, and uh, teenagers as well, but they, they were all in their ordinary lives and explaining things. And to be quite frank, um, that documentary brought me to tears because mm -hmm. it was the first time I was hearing someone say how I was feeling. Ah, with validation. Validation that I wasn't alone. And yeah, it you see, pretty that, good, that, brings yeah. The, the, that brings the greatest segue to the reason why I think we want to do this podcast is that we want to show people that, you know, We're not alone out there with, you know, complicated <laughs> ways of dealing with our divergence and mm -hmm. we don't want anyone to feel alone. So that yeah. I, I think I think it's a good segue of the reason why we brought this along. And I think there's lots of good things about being neuro neurodivergent that we often don't speak about. We talk mm -hmm. about like often the bad things, the dysfunctions, but there's lots of cool things like uh, i think it's pretty cool to max out all the skills of a rpg even if neurotypical thinks it's a waste of time so yeah. i sometimes just giving ourselves an i5 and a pattern back just makes it so much better it's and i and and yeah. we'll put the links to the documentary i think you said it was reposted recently so we'll put links to that yes. doc if you guys are i think french speaking i think documentary is in french so yes, if anybody it's, uh, uh, it's understands french or canadian french will post it there and i think it's it's even better than like often we i go on twitter for validation and just one sentence just makes my day but hearing somebody speak and with video and everything i think it it packs a more punch in terms of validation uh, a little bit like uh, when i read the book it was like 12 pages of somebody's life with adhd uh, and one of them i could really relate and by the end i was like okay we would be such great friends <laughs> you have the same problems and the same uh advantages or superpowers that i do mm -hmm. so that's a very good yeah. topic mm -hmm. we good it is do we go towards uh, question number two now yeah um, we can go with we're not too bad two. on the time i'm looking at the chrono and nice so, uh, uh next one is the Is it an EDG or an autism thing? Uh, is it this one? 
the next one. So I forget which yes. one we said we were not going to. So, <laughs> yes, it is. So it is an ADHD. Uh, is it an ADHD or autism thing to always worry people don't like you and or are talking bad about you? Mm. Um, so the person asks because it's been a problem for almost her entire life. Uh, so. And, and she just she had a, a a late diagnostic of autism, so she wanted to probably oh. know if it's something that <laughs> that's something know, we have in common. Not... <laughs> we both kind of yeah realized that recently yeah. in the last uh, yeah very yeah. So personally, uh, I I figured out that I had autism uh, very recently, mm -hmm. um, and it and. Yes, I think that maybe I, I'm not sure because, you know, we can't have a live conversation with the person that was asking, but I, I have an, a feeling that it's it's rejection sensitivity dysphoria that we're talking about or maybe oh, yes. the way that we're anxious about how what we did or what we said or or are they saying bad things because of what we said, because that's how I'm interpreting the question. Mm -hmm. Um Personally, I think that, yes, it is. It, yes, it is something <laughs> of both. Uh, it's, yeah. To, and to me, it, it happens at work. It happens in my life. It, but there are some, I think I find the comfort to know that there are some people that I do not have that feeling with. Yeah, it's. Like I assume um, family and close friends, you usually don't yes. get our like that kind of. I don't get RSD yeah. from that, which I think goes with the concept of. Uh, I might be going on a limb here, but unconditional love in some type of way, shape, or form. But I think that's that's the only type of people. That's the only people that really don't bring that fear of and just to be clear it's it brings the fear of the pain of that yeah. feeling you're because the, yeah you're scared of feeling bad to be scared <laughs> yeah. so you're scared of being painful of being scared of being pain like of it being painful so i think that it's a very complex and very loaded question but mm -hmm. you know it, it it's answered so simply by yes. Yes, that's um, what I was going for. Like the short answer is yes, it's uh, ADHD but then autism. It, everyone thing. feels it differently. Yeah. And I think you, you coined it uh, when we were talking about it a little bit earlier during mm -hmm. a prep that it's basically mm -hmm. RSD. I think the person is not explicitly talking about RSD, but is it an ADHD and autism thing? That's one of the symptoms that they have in common you, you posted like mm -hmm. the adhd i uh, the autism iceberg i think a little bit up mm -hmm. and it's yes. it rsd is part of autism and rsd is part of adhd so mm -hmm. basically yes it's uh and like you said like people close to you people that you've you've spent a lot of time with even at work you usually don't have rsd or have it much milder than people you've only met mm -hmm. once and usually it's for me, it's when I'm really totally myself. And like you said, it's probably based on your past experiences. You're kind of scared of being scared or scared of feeling the pain. 
mm. and RSD can feel like a pain. Like uh, yeah. meat's really like nuts in my stomach. I feel it like physically. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's when I really know it's RSD. Because if, yeah. if I'm nervous and my, if I'm shy, it's, it's it, not that it feels normal, but it feels milder. Yeah. RSD is mm-hmm. really like overwhelming. Like you can't think of anything else. You feel like a nut in your stomach. You're, it's, it's really big. Like you've seen for the first time in your life, like somebody at work and you've spoke with that person for 15 minutes and you don't know what that person thinks about whether or not they like you or they like your ideas or they hate you or whatever and you're wondering about it for an hour uh, clutching your stomach or something like that that's how I see it and it's and and the short answer like you said is yes it is really an ADHD and autism thing and I think it kind of like is a cool segue to the fact that knowing is a good thing like if you don't know mm-hmm. that is RSD, uh, because the person is like is is describing RSD with so many words that I think that they don't know about it, and I think that once you know about RSD and you do research and watch a few videos on it, it's so much validation. It's so much a relief when I heard about RSD and um, with ADHD, and I I I think it was Jessica's videos that I watched, and I I think I even sent you one. And just knowing yes. what it is and how it's happening, what are the tricks to not fix it, but at least live live with it, it's a very good thing. Yeah, uh, I, and you see, naming it is, as you said, I think is is key. Yeah, uh, yeah, like uh, pointing it out <laughs> a little bit like mm-hmm. ADHD. Like if you don't know you have ADHD, you'll always kind of wonder and trying to figure out what's going on and and you'll you'll even you'll even like um, come up with names for it i think like you my that's my special kind of me that's that's how i am you'll 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 maybe i'm distracted you'll find words for it but once you know what it is like uh, i always worry that people don't like you and are talking bad about you (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. that's definitely well that's a very good description of how I feel RSD is with me. So mm. it's uh, yeah. So definitely, this person should research RSD, and we'll probably find out lots of yeah. Great I think it, yeah, <laughs> the, and yeah, and it'll bring to other answers and yeah. you know, clearing up <laughs> other questions they had. I mean, for me, that that helped a lot uh, on many things to understand exactly why. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, it's important. I mean, I, I like to understand the full aspect of it. Um, but, you know, as I said at the beginning of this question, I mean, I had a late, I, I just figured, you know, not too long ago, I'm still dealing with understanding all the autism part yeah. of my brain, which, you know, for a long time, I had a ADHD you know, very severe ADHD, which I don't know what that even means, but, you know, severe ADHD is probably another technical 90s terms for <laughs> autistic. Just like high functioning, yeah. You know, high functioning autistic ADHD person that, you know, we can't put in any category because he goes under all radars. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, it, 
it brought a lot of clarity to understanding those concepts. So I, mm -hmm. I, I agree. My recommendation to that would be really to research a bit more. Yeah, because this, like you said, the short answer is just yes. And yes. I think this person is looking for, is asking questions of, is it like a thing that we do? And the answer, the short answer is yes. But the, the good thing I think that this person is searching for is like a name or some kind of time, a way to explain this. And the way to explain it is really re injection sensitive dysphoria. And once that person looks that up, there's a ton of things on the net to, to view, to watch, to read about it. That's going to mm -hmm. help him. And, uh, yeah, bring validation, lots yeah. of cool things. Since we're on a roll, we okay. can probably do the third one. Yeah, let's and do the third one. So, are we doing the side quest oh. or the common word? Um, I don't remember which one. No, I think I think I think we'll do the the side quest. Yeah, uh, we'll this keep, one. You know, yeah, we'll do the side quest. So, there was one which says, "Does anyone else add?" You know add their side quests, you know, side quests to their to-do list after doing it. So they can at least feel they did something uh, or accomplished something. So that one's fun. That one's fun. Let's go, Fred. You can, you can start on that one. I'll, well, I'll I don't do it per se, but it's, it's part of my life. Like I have a to-do mm -hmm. list with five items and I will do 25 items to get these five completed, like 20 tasks that i do are side quests like i would yeah. I, I need to do mm -hmm. something clean this room but at the same time i reorganize some shells and things like that sometimes mm -hmm. i just reflect when i take a pause of everything i've accomplished it's more like um something that i do on uh, at the end of the day i just think about okay today i've accomplished x y and z while looking at for example my list of five things to do i'm like okay i completed these five things that's only five things but i did also these 20 other things like i kind of yeah. try to remember it i don't write it per se but mm -hmm. i do remember it but one thing i started to do is is the big ones the things that are side quests that you completed that are very big or a huge part of your life mm -hmm. um, and there are major events so these are started to tally them up, like for example, uh, yearly, like last year, what are the big milestones that I did? And usually they're not like the tasks, they're stuff that I did on the side and ended up being really good for me. So uh, mm -hmm. I started, because you kind of forget um, your good things, the things that you did that you completed, you only focus on the stuff that you didn't do. So yeah, well, most of the time I do it like on New Year's Eve or around that time where I look at the, like, for example, 2022, what have I done? Uh, there's usually lots of things that I didn't finish <laughs> that I would like to have done, but there's tons of stuff that I did that were not in the list, but were pretty good. So those are I list at the always, end of the year. I think it always, I think this question, um, is illustrated as best with um you know the 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 ballerina that's you know uh i always have the image that you know you have the 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 crowd at you know that's looking at the ballerina but the ballerina is pretty much you know is, is stepping you know she had to step on knives and, and she had to you know 
get really bruised and all her, you know, her toes are all, you know, uh, dismantled, you know, it's all bloody on the way to get to the stage. I think that a lot of the time we, we don't put enough recognition, even ourselves to those side quests. And and I like Mm -hmm. that you do it on your own and your reflection. Um, Personally, I do sometimes uh, add the side quests, Uh, not all the time, but a lot of the time I'm going to put the side quests just because I, I need to remind myself that, you know, there are a bit, like you said, there are other stuff I needed to do to get that one thing done. Mm -hmm. Well, I need to remember that, you know, it's not just one thing. No, I I was really productive that day (laughs) because I had to do all these things to get this one thing off my list. Do you write them down? The thing you said you put them. Well, I do. I do. Well, write them down. Uh, I'll I'll put them on my list. Let's say when I want to really get productive one day, I'm going to do a list. And Mm -hmm. yes, I'm not going to put all the side quests, but I'm going to put, as you said, the big ones or at least bullet points for them to be like, yeah, don't forget, like, I need these steps. And yeah, guilty pleasure. I go back in that list and I put a checkbox beside it. Yeah, okay. I'm guilty as charged. But it, it gives me that little dopamine, you know, <laughs> that goes with it. Just and like the, adding a task and closing it right after. Because I think that's yes. what the person was saying. You get the dopamine. It, it's it's a lot of fun to check a box. It's Yes, exactly. Very I mean, but, but that's for me. It's a satisfaction. If it's mm-hmm. a satisfaction and that's what you need right now. I mean, go for it. Oh, yes. It, especially I mean, if that's what put, you need in your life. Lot. And no, exactly. It doesn't cost much to put a checkbox or to write it and then put a checkbox. But it's going to give you, you know, yeah, that's that true. feeling. I mean, go for it. Sometimes go I just it. write down tasks that I'm about to do because I, it's an habit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm afraid to forget it. But in the end, yeah. like it's... Yeah, I kind of forget it sometimes, but most of the time it's just to just mark it off. <laughs> just to celebrate the completion of the task, not necessarily to forget like a like a net or a catch-all or something like that. Like I it's true that I forget some things sometimes, but sometimes I just write it on a post-it and check it like as a ritual. Because I get the dopamine, I get the feeling. And also, mm-hmm. I think there are sometimes, well, yeah, I forget about it, and that's a good thing that I wrote it down. But most of the time, I think it's for the dopamine. I think that's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's. I mean, and, and you see, that's still another really good segue to, <laughs> I think, our, our main subject of the yes. day, um, which is what... What would have helped you as, you know, as a kid? Yes, but we forgot our sponsor today, NordVPN. NordVPN is... I love it. I love it. I mean, if NordVPN gives us a sponsorship, I'm stoked. But... uh, If any any, uh, good uh, sponsors are willing, we are available. (laughs) So and we're back, yeah, back. And we're back. So thanks, thanks, uh, Fred. So 
just before we were we went off, you know, we we were saying how it was a good segue because uh, yep. we were talking about you know what you know you do to 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 bring you some happiness or dopamine in in doing those lists and adding those items once you know even if they're already done. Um, and it brings us to the subject of today, which is what as a gifted kid or as a neurodivergent kid, what what would have helped you a lot? Yep. Um, you as a person. So do, do you want to start off? Uh, for- uh, yeah, I can. I've got my notes here. I haven't read them, but <laughs> me personally, the I broke it down into three points. Uh, because I could go on forever on this, but the first one is is and we talked about it during prep. Um, we had the same first bullet point. I think it's understanding what's causing it. Uh, most of the time that you've got a gifted kid, there's a cause, there's a diagnostic, there's a that's a word that I can't pronounce because I'm lost in French and English. Di- diagnostic diagnosis. Uh, I'm terrible at it, but you guys understand what I mean. Yeah. So you, I think there's there's a cause for being gifted when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there's many causes. You, so in the end, you need to understand it. And that goes without saying that it, there's a diagnosis at the end of it. Me, I had mm-hmm. uh, a few diagnoses, diagnoses in the last few years. So I've got autism. I've got ADHD. I got also OCPD, which is pretty much the same as OCD. Uh, mm-hmm. And... That all kind of explains why I was a gifted kid when I was a kid. But having known that when I was a kid, all these three things, that would have helped a lot. There's so many tips and tricks that I've learned over the years with those diagnostics, the meds. Uh, There's so many things that, for example, like it's really easy when you're in, in, in primary school, like the first years as a gifted kid are pretty easy. It's fun. It's it's uh, it's full of dopamine. You, you get like, for example, for me, I always had a hundred on every test, and at some point after one or two years, it's kind of boring to get a hundred percent. So you kind of like stop listening. You stop paying attention, and basically it went down in from here. Because for me, uh, I was so used to just paying a little bit of attention and getting high scores. And at some point, like any good ADHR, I got bored. So I just stopped paying attention in school and just stopped uh, being motivated. So I think knowing that there's tons of tricks for ADHRs that I could have used when I was a kid. And there's all sorts of stuff that we can talk about that could have been improved, like imposter syndrome. I think my imposter mm. syndrome is is through the roof, and and just knowing all those things before would have helped not develop that much of a, an imposter syndrome. Uh, there's tons of. Wait, right, go ahead. You're, go ahead. You're, you're, so so that's a good. I mean, I have a question for you about mm-hmm. the imposter syndrome. So, you see, you're talking about you know how it would have helped you with the imposter syndrome, and, and you see that's something that. I still struggle with. Um, I'm very interested in, you know, I just wanted to to really put the accent on that because I, I like how 
you bring it that, you know, as a kid, if you'd had those diagnostic, it really would have helped you. And I'm, I, I'm interested in, in exploring mm-hmm. that a little bit. Can you, can you explore a little bit on that? Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Uh, for me, I think it was, there's not one single cause, but I remember the things that triggered it. It's you, you've, you always been like, for example, I had a hundred in each test, like in first grade, I mm-hmm. only had hundreds. I never made a mm-hmm. mistake. So basically, uh, your your the expectation is always that you're gonna have a hundred. So when you get a ninety nine or a ninety eight, the first ones I had, I freaked out. <laughs> I was super mm-hmm. scared. And in contrast, there were certain things that I, I had to do that were boring, and I had bad grades. That's why um, I, I was saying a little bit earlier that that. At first, it's interesting. You get 100, but once you you get bored, then you get bad scores. But you're still kind of clever, and everybody says to you that, "Oh, you're the best of the class." Well, that how come you you got like 60 here? You were obviously not paying attention. I think it's that kind of lack of balance. On one side, you're like the best. You've you've started reading before everybody else. In the other end, like you can't focus and follow. A simple conversation in third grade while everybody's speaking or well i'll it's like it's not balanced so for me it's mm-hmm. it i i was all i was never the true um good guy right. like i was never truly showing skill because i was always showing certain skills and then i had lots of problems on the other side but wouldn't that be a combination of performance anxiety and that too. the imposter syndrome? No, but because I was listening to you and yes, some of what you're saying to me feels that it's the imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. you're you're good at something and people doubt of that you're good at it. But you're still you know very well that, you know, they put you in that situation. They say you can do it. They know that you can do it. You know you can do it, but you feel that you're going to disappoint and not get a hundred percent. While that's not the expectation, exactly. that I think that is the 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 imposter syndrome. But I think the on the other way around, what you were also describing was it. You always get a hundred, but then as soon as you get ninety nine and ninety eight and ninety seven, and then you start to freak out. I think that's maybe maybe I'm wrong, Fred, maybe and correct me if I am. But I think there is a clear differentiation between, you know, having the performance anxiety mm-hmm. and having the imposter syndrome. There in, is a clear one in like, the same in the same situation, though. You can me, live both of them at the same time. It's just. Yeah, it's just like I think right. it's for me, it's the origin like mm-hmm. I developed imposter syndrome after all these years. I think this is the start of it. And once you get to work, like having mm-hmm. a job and everything, especially for me, because like everything I learned was not from school. It was off mm-hmm. school, was on my own time on the weekends. And it was like in, in IT and all the stuff in mm-hmm. software development. Like you, you, there's performance anxiety, like you said, but I think it's all these years of being quirky and having like uh, mixed results. Uh, and especially on my end, since I, I'm a self-taught guy, 
like you arrive at mm -hmm. work and you even if you put on a suit or anything like that people are going to ask can you do this and you'll have a lack of confidence because uh i like imposter syndrome but basically you, you're not sure of your own performance and for me it's uh, until i had the adg diagnosis and all that stuff i uh, i was feeling always bad like i can do this but like um i'm not i don't have a good rate of success i should be done by somebody else and stuff like that uh, yeah. i i think Imposter syndrome is something that you develop with time having bad patterns, I think, or different so, patterns in your life in terms so, of learning and performance. So what you're saying pretty much, so it would have helped you diminish that yep. if you would have had an early proper diagnostic. I think so, because yeah, no. also it's like they put a lot of focus into uh, in school into giving you pats on the back when you're good and at some point when when you only have a hundred and a hundred and a hundred and a hundred and you keep doing that they're gonna love you for it they're, you're you're the little shoo-shoo of the class like they yeah. their teacher will absolutely love and be amazed by you and parents. you will feed yeah. on this on this and then the first time that you make a mistake then you're gonna be like oh i'm not as smart as i thought i was and i'm not as smart as they think i am and then you're mm -hmm. like maybe i should hide yeah. this mistake maybe they've got the wrong guy and i think that's in the end that's the kind of doubt that goes into <laughs> your mind because you know you can get a hundred but not all the time so yeah basically i think the expectation of society of geniuses and all that stuff is completely flawed <laughs> like there's people that are mm. really really smart Sometimes yeah. these people cannot cook. Sometimes they, mm. they, these yeah. people have other things that they cannot do. For example, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of good scientists that are, that are mm. doing very good research right now have a messy apartment. And they oh, have to oh, clean I, stuff. <laughs> small, small little uh, anecdote. I mean, <laughs> um, I, knew, I, knew, I knew a few cleaning ladies, like high-end cleaning ladies, and they, I mean, without exception, uh, they told me doctors <laughs> are in the, their worst clients. I'm sure of it, yeah. It's... I mean, not, no exceptions. Like, I mean, most of the, 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 the women and men that work in, in that industry in cleaning uh, high-end, uh, cleaning and services for, you know, big apartments and whatnot, they tell me, I mean, they, they, they come in and it's the nanny that's there because yeah, they I've... don't even you know they don't clean they don't they don't do anything I mean, yeah i've had friends so. who had the, like this luxury kind of stuff and yeah yeah it's uh it makes sense too i i, mm -hmm. I don't have cleaning ladies right now but i did yeah. have some of them mm -hmm. i did try a two room bus and things like that so there's obviously some value here <laughs> yeah there is uh, so yeah so so uh so what you're saying so so yeah i mean the early diagnostic would have helped you really cope on, with on that on so many levels like i i, yeah. I think nar narcissism is another thing that develops with with that kind of ups and downs peace and valleys of performance uh it's not clear cut what i'm saying like i don't know what would have happened if we i had like 
all the information that I have right now, but like 35 years ago when I was in school, I don't know what the, the outcome of that would be, but it would probably, and I think most surely be better than what I have now. It's, I, I still well, will have like narcissism and imposter syndrome, but not as much as I have right now. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, but those are its, ands, and buts. I mean, mm-hmm. to be, yeah. you know, I have one thing that, you know, and I was talking about this to my uh, cousin yesterday. And um, there's one thing that, and and I'm thankful all my grandparents are still with me. Um, And my grand, my grandmother, one of my grandmother always told me, don't regret in life. There's no point in regret (laughs) because you are who you are and where you are because of who you were. Yep, there's a difference and, between yeah, you, you should and, not have and any it's, regrets. I, and it's not a it's exactly. I just wanted to make sure that yep. you know I got that point out there. It's I just want to make sure that you know for the listeners out there that it's not a question of regret. And that's I just want to make it sure that you know because I'll answer on my side and my side is maybe maybe a bit. I, I don't know. I'll, we'll see how it goes. But <laughs> I I just want to make sure that to put it out there, it's not regret. It's just, uh, it's reflecting on for what us would have helped us. And also it's, it's where we both had to go through this when we were kids were both labeled in school as gifted, but there is also kids right now that are being labeled as gifted. That's more for these kids. Like I know I spoke to two people that have gifted kids, um, and they were wondering about what's the best thing to do and things like that. I think it's the... Mm -hmm. It's not like regrets. I accept what happened back then. Yeah. And it's, I would have preferred things to go a different way, but like, mm-hmm. I don't regret. Oh, yeah. And, and, and if I had that kind of stuff when I was a kid, maybe I would, I don't know, be somewhere else that I like less in my point mm-hmm. of view right now than, than, so I, I don't have any trouble with that. It's, it's like you said, yeah. it's, it's no regrets. It's only like, um, accepting it and realizing it and also it brings mm-hmm. me to my second point uh, one of the things that that would have helped me as a kid is to prioritize social development over academics because for me they what they did is they took me from second grade and they put me with the fifth graders and sixth graders it was one class and it was not a very very smart thing to do but that's what they did so I always skipped ahead one year, one year, and one year until I was basically like a teenager hanging out with people that were 23 years old and doing their master's degree. So, and yep. all the valuable time that you, so, that you use, you socialize in class in high school, I, I was disconnected from that. I skipped. Yeah, well, it's, early childhood development. Yeah, exactly. Like mixing with people of your age and things like that. I, I, I've been high school. I think I spent one point five years total in high school, and it was always like with people that were much older than me. I was always skipping ahead in class, and in the end, like I had fun. Like my friends were like yeah. uh, in university and all that stuff, but I couldn't like go out to lunch with them and drink a beer because everybody's having beer because everybody was an adult. So yeah, it, it, it breaks the, it breaks. And yeah. it's, it's, 
it's cold right now, but when I got to work, I was I started to work like in in software when I was a nineteen, and already I was fine with the gap. Like developers hmm. were like twenty six and stuff like that. So, and yeah. it was the kind of friendship that I was used to in school. So basically, mm-hmm. it was fine from for me. But in the end, I, I was like a big kid. I still behaved like a teenager. I still had the social skills of a twelve year old, even if I was twenty. So it's uh, like you have to, you have to, you have to be on, and I. I listened to, a, I think, a video or a podcast that were talking about it. And it's basically the, the, the schedule of people. Like, if yeah. you go out of this schedule where people are, like, studying that year, that mm-hmm. time, and all sorts of stuff like that, you will make less friends, you will have less connections, and you will end mm-hmm. up as an adult to be a little bit isolated. And I think for me, that was a big yeah. thing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I went out of the regular school, um, how can I say it, like path. I did side quests mostly. So yeah. the main quest, I just like went off the rails and I went only side quests and, and only got, and it only skipped uh, so many years. And I think that's something that's, that's really not recommended. I think a lot of the teachers pushed or like, oh, you kid's so smart, you, you could skip to the, yeah. the next grade. But having done that, I think but it's a it bad But it wouldn't idea. happen as much. It wouldn't happen the same way nowadays. Nowadays, they do consider a lot more in the uh, schooling system, the social development. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, still, it's still not perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm, just I'm still... I'm... It's not the 1980s and it's not the 1990s, though. <laughs> That's true, but like I, the, there's not a lot much training for teachers and people in schools who don't have a psychologist on hand. So, like I heard from somebody that I had as a kid, they're still doing the uh, skip ahead thing. When the kid's smart enough, they will recommend you that the kid will skip one year, just because. Yeah, he's exactly too good. one they year, still... but not four. No, no, like no. Me you was see, that's, that's no, that's that's saying. crazy. That's that's some kind of principal who taught that oh this yeah, little yeah, kid i'm gonna give I'm him a lesson okay. <laughs> yeah it, it was a principal that was upset and was like okay you're that smart like let's let's see you deal with the fifth and sixth graders and mm. it was not a question of being yeah. smart it was a more of a question of of size so yeah. and and i got some pretty uh, physical bullying at yeah. that time and i think that's a principle that's that's what he was way um aiming for like he wanted me to have like yeah. fifth and sixth graders like basically kick my ass and I would calm down and I would follow yeah. the rules and I, I would I would I would slow down. That's that's his um But that was yeah, that was the yeah that was the eighties, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, right. That was the eighties, yeah. It was a bad right. decision and also the the eighties. But they still like recommend one year and I think yeah. personally I would never skip a year. Like I refuse those in high school to skip ahead. Um they forced me to go into the uh, enriched enriched class i don't know what it is in english yeah. but the advanced ones instead yeah because mm-hmm. they they give me some bullshit answers but basically they uh, even nowadays they ask parents well your kid could skip ahead and like somebody asked me a question like would you do that and i said no and they said thank god that's the kind of thing that 
I wanted to hear because I, I thought hear. it was yeah. a bad idea. And that's true. Like it prioritizes your academics over your social development. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's a good thing unless well, you, I mean, it, there's, there's a couple of kids that it worked for them. Like, uh, mm -hmm. but they're like edge cases of kids going to university at like 13 and finishing and, and they had, um, how can I say it yeah. in English? They had like a whole, um, framework behind them of parents and teachers that were camping them in there, psychologists, things like that. And, and me, uh, I didn't have any of that. So that's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think, uh, it's a good thing. And, and for somebody that's gifted, like the subject matter in school is easy. So yeah, why skip it? Like the, for me, it's, it's, um, how can I, let them have more fun instead because they won't yeah. be having fun. Like yeah. they won't be like at some point they are going to struggle in so many other ways and you're better off, you know, letting them have that social development. Exactly. No, because I, I, nowadays it's like, even if I'm looking at autism, for example, I struggle with autism and social, uh, situations. So maybe <laughs> if I had more hours of time spent, as a kid tackling those social situations instead of tackling more difficult maybe. books maybe i would have mm -hmm. been like more uh adequately skilled to face <laughs> true to face true. the real world so that's a uh, one of the phrases that i wrote in my notes is like learn to be bored and cope life is like this because it's true it's uh for me, it was like, a, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this more difficult task. But in the end, like, what I needed, the, the most difficult task for me was to make friends around that group of people who are not learning things very as quickly as me. So mm -hmm. uh, in the end, like, I skipped so many oh. years, and that like people <laughs> thought I was an extraterrestrial. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, I, and I like, I like that point because it. it I, I think it gives me a good segue on how I I saw it. I mean, I won't reinvent the wheel. I mean, for sure, having the early diagnostics would, <laughs> you know, would have changed a lot. Um, you had one. Though. Earlier diagnostics. I, I had ADHD when yeah. I was seven. And the thing is, is that ADHD didn't explain everything. And that was the problem. Um, I was... I was actually misdiagnosed because actually I, for a long time, I was diagnosed with, um, uh, a, uh, it's attachment, attachment disorder, mm -hmm. uh, attachment disorder. And I, and it, it did check, I did check off a few boxes off of it, but not, I mean, it didn't fit. And the thing is for me, would have would have we known i mean they they knew that i was smart um and they knew i was gifted for school and i was bored and mm. but you know there was never they never really believed as well the adhd as much because they put it in doubt because i wasn't having difficulty at school i wasn't having difficulty i was having difficulty interacting with others but 
I mean, all my life, I was stuck to adults. I was, when I was younger, I was the eldest. So I was always with the adults because the youngers, I mean, they were all babies for for a long time. So for me, I grew up just with adults. and, And at some point that the the not having the diagnostic really made it that you know i was an ad for me i was an adult i was living and trying to feel the stuff that the adults were living because that's the only example i had adults see saw Um, you as a kid but inside you felt like one of them yeah exactly and the thing is so by not being diagnosed properly well that brought the issue of okay well you know, I was doing activities. I was doing violin. Uh, I could hear the music while I was reading it. You oh. know, I could, I could, I could hear the sound of the notes while I was reading the notes on the sheet of paper, and I could do that kind of stuff. But I didn't want to practice violin because <laughs> it's boring. I didn't. I didn't need to. I could hear it without playing it like i could reproduce it because i could hear it while i read it and the thing is my parents were like well you're getting bored so we're gonna you know we're not gonna pay for this you're not gonna practice we're not gonna pay yeah but the thing is with my ocpd which for me brings on a whole other aspect of my personality which is if you if you let me love this the way I want to love it, I will devour it. And my the best example is I started running when I was 23. And the person I was with at that time encouraged me to, you know, told me, no, Jonathan, you're, you're doing good. You're good at this. You know, continue what you're doing. And if, mm-hmm. you know, if you need help, we can find something else. But encouragement how you're doing it is is working mm-hmm. exactly encouragement and i think that you know as a kid the encouragement of being like yes and and it brings it back a bit to what you were saying about the imposter syndrome where i know i'm good don't ask me to do it the way you're doing it because i probably found good. a better yeah. way to do it yeah and i don't want to have and the thing is now it just developed as you said into i have to justify myself <laughs> you have to prove yourself to others that's a bit yeah that's yeah. that's a common like response from people like when i say like sometimes i well i learned this on my own and i didn't go to school for this like people are always like mm-hmm. super skeptical so yeah so you learn this on your own from what books <laughs> and mm-hmm. like it's it's i i think a lot of people are that or we're inside the school system and that had their degree mm-hmm. and then go off track or off road like we did it's just a mm-hmm. big surprise and and they just are in denial or just want to not believe it they're like okay well how how is this education any good like you there's no teacher that 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 taught it to you so it must be wrong <laughs> so it wasn't in a classroom so it must be like uh, useless or something it's always like and it's it's a little bit of a soft thing they don't ask you to prove it 
by say, but you can sense yeah. their kind of disbelief when you say like when, uh, for example, like me, I had like a hundred in in all the courses and all the exams and all the tests and everything for a whole year. People are like, well, that's impossible. You never made any mistake. They don't get it. Mm -hmm. it it's it's like disbelief. But there are people yeah. like us. It's just that we don't learn the way ordinary people learn. I learn faster yeah. when I have a book because I don't have to wait for somebody to talk and speak slow words. It's faster so, if I read myself. Yeah. My best example is algebra. Okay. That you see, when I was in high school, I had no interest in algebra. Oh, me neither. I, it's boring. <laughs> I, I had I had no interest and What happens to people like us when we're not interested? We're not, we're just, we, we don't care. And I, I did it, but I didn't really want to understand it in its full meaning. And it was fine. I mean, I passed and I did what I had to yeah. do. I understood it, but I, but when I went to university, And then I saw the practicality of it. And I was like, this is going to be useful. Yes. And now you and then motivation. my brain was like, <laughs> my brain was like, okay, I can do this shit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. So it's for me, understanding that, you know, uh, how to utilize, you know, my obsessive compulsive personality with my ADHD and my autism and, you know, which gives me my gifted, you know, brain to be able to do stuff. Well, if I would have, you know, would have been able to understand that, you know, that I'm good useful. at stuff, you know, <laughs> I, I did violin and then mm -hmm. I did tennis and then I did mm -hmm. soccer and then I did, you know, I, I did so many different things. I did somewhat like web uh, design, Ooh, uh, yes. like uh, when I was younger. Okay, I didn't like I was really into it. But then, you know, the thing is. At that time. I was younger and my parents had four kids, which we were all, you know, we were all fucked up. So, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, we were all very problematic because, yeah. you know, we were all misdiagnosed. So, you know, how's that going to go well? Um, so it made it hard for them to sustain, to be like, no, Jonathan, you're good at this. And I mean, I think the words of encouragement became my love language at some point. In ah, life. Makes sense. And I mean, I, I know we're getting a bit off subject, but I think that words of validation became my love language because it's what drives me. And what drives me is what I'm looking in a relationship, friendship or love relationship. I'm looking for, am I bringing you value? Mm -hmm. Is my input to your life a benefit? And if somebody says you're smart, then I think that's what you're referring it, yeah. to. It's like a love exactly. language. If somebody it, it, says, it, it, saying you're a good person or I like you when they say mm -hmm. you're smart. Yes. And I have you a know. 
have a quick question. Like you said, uh, you didn't see the value of like algebra until you went to uni. And yeah, did it change the way you studied it when you yeah. you saw that was a like a useful? Yeah, because I could, I could, yeah, because I could see the, I could see the formulas. In the sense that I can, I could hear the music. Ah, okay, a parallel. Yeah, it just it. It did kind of the same thing. <laughs> you know, like music, it was like, yes, I, I can do this. Like, it's natural. I can see it. I understand it because it's, it's a model. I can hear the sound in my brain. It was the same thing for algebra. When I was uninterested, I was like, well, this is, you know, useless. I'm not going to be doing anything with this. I was like, this is not interesting. My brain well, doesn't want to open, you know, to it. It's all and a bit then, like if somebody would give you sheets of music for the violin, but no violin and no way to play it or hear the music ever. Like you will never. Exactly. If you read only music on paper, but you never listen to it, you can't understand mm -hmm. music, but it, there's no fun. It's going to be hard yeah, to yeah. just look at mm -hmm. paper and not imagining how it sounds. I think exactly. algebra was the same thing for you, basically. Like you, mm -hmm. you had all these formulas, and you're like, "Well, how does it sound? What does it do? I see no purpose. Yeah. I don't see the the outcome." And seeing the outcome, I think, is how your brain wants to understand it. Yeah. It's like you're showing me all this stuff, but there's no there's no output. There's no causality. There's not any output but then, to this. You know, and then there's someone that says one sentence, and you're like, "Okay." My life has changed forever <laughs> now. And yeah. it's it's a point in time. And I mean, that's something we can explore at some point in one of our conversations. But I think there are those. I call them the milestones or the gems or the 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 barriers, but they're like big events. They're points. Well, they don't have to be big events. They just have to be big unlocks like your okay. brain has just unlocked yeah an achievement like or a comprehension yeah exactly it has to be like okay now you have a brand new skill mm -hmm. just okay, like in rpgs when you're yeah. yeah you're just grinding at some point clink the you mm -hmm. just obtained this new skill yeah yeah so i mean that's that's how i i see that you know and we were just to go back to the the i think that Knowing earlier would have helped understand why I didn't want to practice, why I would seem uninterested, but was not uninterested, was just, you know, I, I wasn't uninterested. I was just so interested in so many things. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I just need to find that one passion that I'm going to drive to the ground. Um, and the thing is, don't, don't give up and the thing is it's not a one-time thing you know in my in my youth um you know it was oh well you'll go and try this and you'll go and try this but it was mm -hmm. like oh two weeks of that oh uh, one session of that or one session of that and they would automatically switch me to something else after and i mean yes it's it's nice but you have to like it would have, I would have probably drove one of those things to the ground if 
I would have had that motivation in the back. And it brings me to the second thing that, you know, I would have felt important was really validation from, you know, validation that it was fine, that it was okay. And, and that, that you are fine and you're okay. And you don't have to fuck up for us (laughs) to bring our, because that's something that I did a lot. When people gave me validation, I would automatically go and fuck up to make sure that the expectation was lowered. Yeah, you were you were doing the imposter syndrome kind of. Well, yeah, the, the, oh, you were, the self-sabotage. Yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. I think that's what I was looking for. Yes, self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Exactly. You don't believe in yes. yourself, so you're going to prove to everybody that you're not good by fucking up. And, and you do it on purpose. Yeah, because you're... But then, but in 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 the end, you think you're not a good person because you fucked up, but you did it anyway. It's a, it's such a on purpose. It's a it's a vicious circle. Yeah, it's a vicious it's... circle. That's and, and I like your parallel with um, algebra because on my end, um, I studied programming at the same time, and it's the only way I went through all of this. Because at first, when I saw algebra, I was like, well, a plus b equal equals c. And all those formulas, like, how the hell am I going to use this? That's not very helpful. Mm-hmm. But like, when I started programming, it was like, oh god, this is okay. So if I want to make a system that it takes this input as a and then adds it to this other input as an integer that's called b, it's going to be give me this output and again feed it to this other function and all sorts of yeah. stuff. And suddenly, algebra was. Um, went from something stupid that has absolutely no relevance in my life as a 11, 12 year old kid from, and went to like something absolutely critical that I would use every single day of my life. But if I hadn't like stepped outside those boundaries and found some use for, for this like algebra stuff, then I would never, never, never have made it through all those grades in high school. Like I basically... I was struggling at first with math because I had no interest. I was just like, I don't listen. I don't, I don't like this. And my grades were not too good. And mm-hmm. when I started to see the parallel with programming, it's just like the next year was like 95% with zero effort and zero hours of, of studying. It's, uh, yeah. it's, and, and that brings me to my, Basically, my last point on this is like you got to feed yourself outside of school. And when you're a kid, mm-hmm. a gifted kid, it's it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be. Oh. And, and the things that you are going to look for and that are going to help you, like programming, for example, it's, it's, a, it's a simple one for me. Oh. I would never yeah. have gotten that stuff at school like eventually we had programming classes like three or four years after started algebra but for me it's uh it, it was from the first year of school that i started programming and then at some point the two merged and i was like <gasps> okay this is gonna help me but if you yeah. don't do that then you're gonna try to have you're gonna have high expectations of school and you're always gonna be disappointed it's a little bit like work yeah. it's it's never well, gonna be I- enough for us well, nowadays, I mean, the, the kids are pretty lucky uh, in <laughs> yes. school. They do have a lot of programming and stuff like that, which helps to unlock that brain. That yeah, part that's of the true. Brain that's really, I mean, uh, they're very, they're very lucky. And I, I, 
I applaud all the teachers that take on those responsibilities because for having known teachers, usually it's not every teacher in the whole school. It's usually one or two teachers that are really determined to get that program running. And mm-hmm. I salute them uh, and I thank them because, you see, I totally agree um, in school. And, and I think I, it brings it 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 brings home what you were saying is like extracurricular activities you know when they're your kids you know get them to do after school stuff (laughs) after school activities and and develop with other kids and have other activities with other kids you know it brings all it brings back to the social concept that we talked about earlier it brings back to the you know learning to be with others and learning to have a passion and how to live with that you know Uh, and and to consume it in a healthy way yep because it's not the grades that are important it's not like having 85 instead of 80 and in algebra is not gonna help you 10 15 years down the line but figure out how your brain works and how we can be motivated to learn that stuff yeah it's and very what important. motivates your brain yeah, exactly yeah. and if you don't mm-hmm. do that through high school and 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 primary school you're never going to learn that if you don't have any diagnostic if if you struggle and never figure this out then like you said like the kids nowadays have have lots more resources than we did when yes uh, like like just you can but just it, open TikTok and and people possible. are explaining all all sorts of stuff that I wish I had yeah. known when I was a kid. But still, it's uh, like you said, extracurricular activities is is key because school is never going to be enough. You're you're there to learn one thing, and already most people in the class are neurotypical, so you're learning things in a certain way that is the standard way, and if you are struggling or if you're um even if you're you find it easy that can be a problem for us yeah so i think it you, yeah, yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. uh it's all making a good life balance i think yes. and that's not something that they teach us because it's in school it's basically your grades so if you're doing well in math then there's no problem right <laughs> yeah. or, or well, maybe the thing is, yeah yeah and if and, you have a bad you'll score you'll be able to to see and, and also I mean, it's not only going because by going to those extracurricular, you'll be able to, you know, and and this is maybe more for the parent, but um, you'll be able to see if there are some, you know, some needs in that sense. You know, you'll see if your kid, you know, has difficulty adapting with others or socializing. You'll, You'll be able to see it in a more natural way. That's true. Because, you know, as a parent, you're always worried if he can adapt himself. Well, I mean, if all he does is go to daycare after school and then goes back home and then, you know, he needs to have those situations where he can. So extracurricular is one of the best because he creates memories with people. And that's that's, you know, and it's it's, and it solidifies the, the social concept. And it's also and, uh, like an occasion to be yourself. Like if he, yeah. I'm going back to algebra, I'll nail that topic to the ground. But algebra is not something that kids usually do after hours. And I wouldn't recommend it. No. But <laughs> let's say you struggle with algebra, but nights you take programming classes. And yeah. 
you really like it and you get into it and you get really good at it, then it's going to give you some nuggets to feel good about what you're doing bad at in school. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Like I mm -hmm. struggle with algebra because I don't see the point of it, but outside of school, I'm really good at programming because I see the outcome and the purpose for me, it, it helped a lot because I, I could see, um, like a difference even if i had like low grades because i wasn't paying attention in class or didn't go to the exams like i used to do i could feel good about myself because when i got home and i did lots of programming and i showed it to people they were like oh my god you're you're good at this you're you're uh, you're developing some nice stuff and that was proof to me that i wasn't like a loser <laughs> Like I was smart yeah. enough. It's not because algebra was complicated. It was because it was not interesting. And I think well, yeah. that's the biggest thing that I learned as a kid is like, like I can learn lots of complex things if it's fun. Well, <laughs> if it's that's not. The, and I mean, that's another subject we can explore at some point. Ooh, yes. It's the motivation aspect of things. And to be quite frank, my best example for that is... Um, so when I started, uh, running, you know, um, I had, <clears throat> okay, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, you know, I had, I'm not going to say this. Uh, so <laughs> I, I thought I had weight to lose. So, and oh, yeah, that's is, fine. We all feel it. And some people were ready to this. <laughs> uh, and you know, a lot of people would say, no, you didn't have any to lose, but you know, that's just how I felt. And, yeah. but what it brought me is that running wasn't necessarily fun at the beginning, but I made running, I took myself an objective and I said, I'm going to do a half marathon. And I put myself an objective because I was like, you know what, I'm going to work towards this goal to get there. And I lost weight because in of this goal. The process. Yeah. So, and I'm. It's just a parallel to, to saying, you know, it's hard to lose weight. You know, just like algebra can be hard if you yes. have nothing to apply it to. Like exercise. But as soon as you, <laughs> exactly. I, but as soon as you associate something to it or a goal of yourself, you know, that you want to do or a passion or something you want to achieve but then you need that it's going to come with it then it makes it so much more interesting and that's the thing i think that in i suggest is if you know as a kid i was struggling with something it would you know it would have really helped me to have real programming classes at that time to really understand it and probably to you know, it would have helped me in life and different situations, but um, that's a whole other <laughs> subject. But um, I think that, yeah, it would have helped me to have, to, to figure out a way to have a passion to learn the stuff I was struggling to learn because I didn't see any uh, objective to it. I, I like where you're going with this and I, I, I'm, I'm sort of doing a parallel because... Uh, I think of the gamers like you you can play a game a video game yeah. but not be a gamer to me it's a mm -hmm. different thing and like you said like 
for me, I have the same problem, like exercising. I have to exercise. Exer exercising is not a project. It's not fun. It's not, it's just a boring term. But when I pair it with an application like Pikmin Bloom, then I start walking, then I have goals, then I do it all the time. And it's easy. It's not just exercising 30 minutes a day. It's uh, getting flowers and getting... I don't know what they call it, but Pikmin's and pots and things and things that you can grow and plants in Pikmin. And I get focused 100% in that and I do my exercising without realizing it. But once <laughs> I maxed out everything in Pikmin, I stopped walking and stopped exercising. Because yeah. this is, for me, it's really tough to just exercise. No goals, yeah, nothing. Exactly. You need to have a goal. Yeah, you yeah, need and something, an when, attraction to it. Yeah, and uh, when I was running, I was always like, I need to do a 5K, so I need to do this ramp up, this stuff and this stuff. And But if I just needed to run for 30 minutes, I couldn't do it. <laughs> but if mm -hmm. I had a goal to run longer and longer and faster and faster, then it was exhilarating. And I would yeah. do it, I would get good. But if there's no goal, it's like... Okay, I'll I'll try it. <laughs> but there's no guarantee. Oh. It's really like well, our brains are really wired for this. Like you give them goals, and uh, for for example, like my favorite saying is like um, challenge accepted. Like if somebody yeah. asks me, like tells me like, uh, oh well, this can't be done. Then hold my beer. Oh yeah, you can uh, hold my beer, my case of beer, oh. everything in my apartment. I'll do it. I'll I'll. I'll fight until well, that, I defeat this you issue. See, it's uh, and you see that's that's the I think that's the downside that you know we didn't really uh, bring to it, and it's the obsession. At some point, the <laughs> thing is sometimes you know what's the what what becomes a dependency and what is an obsession and how to make sure that you don't fall into a, a, a downward spiral with that. You know, some stuff can, you know, too much exercise is yeah, too much that. exercise. You're going to get burned. You're going to get injured. You're going to hurt yourself. Anything in too much quantity becomes a problem. Now, with gifted and with people with autism and obsessive compulsive personalities, I mean, we have a sustained output of that stuff. It's just that sometimes we don't see where's our limit. And I think that that's another great subject that at some mm -hmm. point we can cover. Yeah, um, but it, it feels... Yeah. It fits with the subject. It's um, It does. Yeah, because I, I said a little bit earlier, you have to prioritize social development, not only academics. Yeah. And usually with gifted kids, yeah. they only look at the academics. They're like, oh, we're going to make him learn Spanish because it's good with languages and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But in yeah. the end, the, 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 uh, it's kind of like feeding on your obsession. You're forgetting uh, all sorts of stuff. And for me, social development was the least thing, the least I wanted to do, the last thing I wanted to do. Yeah, It's like mm -hmm. I did not, socializing was more complex like people could get upset people could not like me all sorts of stuff whereas mm -hmm. like challenges and learning and making and doing exams was way easier for me 
Yeah. So I prioritized, for me, I prioritized everything that was like scholar, like academics and stuff like that. So uh, learning, being good and all that stuff took priority over everything. Like I had to be yeah. good in video games. I had to be good in sports. I have to be good in talking to people outside of class and things like that. Um, yeah. But the actual socializing and having friends was like taking a backseat and all of this. So. Yeah, well again I think I think at some point we can have uh we can have a chat about, you know, um performance anxiety for sure. Oh yeah, uh, that's another that. good topic. So, <laughs> so I think that, you know, by closing um yep. I think that, you know, by closing I think our subjects uh I think I'll do a little run for me uh, on my side it was an early diagnostic. Yes. Uh making sure that, you know, I being able to see past the fact that, you know, um, you know, yes, I'm good at stuff, but maybe, maybe, you know, let me let the kids or, you know, I would have liked to be, you know, left with the way that I do stuff to really try it and to have those encouragement. Yeah. Those encouragement to say, yeah, you're good at it. You know, you're doing good. Uh, It's not the conventional way, but you know, you yep. what what you do is working in some way shape or form uh, we don't know how because you're not practicing but yeah. it works you're not studying uh, but you have good grades that. so that's good yeah i had always the encouragement yeah. you know a lot of teachers were like uh being angry with me because i didn't study but i had the grades but they said like i need to study yeah. and get the grades yeah, so, they, yeah. I never did any homework, and they would all no, complain. But I was exactly. like, "Yes, I don't do the homework, but I pass I the don't test." Care. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. Passed. Exactly. I passed so, the test, so yeah. The teachers were a bit. Uh, I understand your point. Like they should be a little bit lenient. Like you do, you do what you do. You get the grades. That's fine. You're doing it in your own way. It's, it's good. I already told the teacher. <laughs> I'll I'll start doing the homework when I won't pass your class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that too. And and yeah, one of the points that I made like, like to her was like, uh, well, I'm the guy that's paying attention in class. <laughs> I don't need to do your homework. Everybody's like snoozing or like not yeah. paying attention. They're not reading the book, but I am. I'm paying real attention yeah. during class so mm-hmm. that I don't have to do homework. So it's uh, that's true to me it's the results that are important especially if you're divergent it's they kind of give you because our processing is different exactly and i think at the start you said that for example at university there's ways that they can Mm -hmm. accommodate your adhd and i think in class and primary elementary school high school i think that there's ways that they can accommodate you in certain types of ways and for me there are for me, it was like, can you just like stop like blaming me for the studying that I don't do if I get the grades right? For me, it was yeah, always and, like that. Well, yeah. you get the grade, Fred, but uh, you didn't study, so it doesn't count. They were always like that. They said it was a chance. You got it through with luck. But, I mean, and if if uh, by any chance, I mean, uh, I mean, I know, I know, here in in Quebec, there are you know, many different ways that there are accommodations, but no one talks about them. That's another good subject. It took everything. And I mean, I think that is a good subject we can do a short on. 
or a long. Uh, a short, <laughs> a short or a long. I mean, there There's are tons of uh, stuff services in that so you talk, many. Yeah, you have yeah. you have you've accessed stuff that I've never heard about, and I think yeah. I got I I got access to stuff that nobody has heard about, or very rarely yeah. because there's not a lot of like gifted yeah. kids that have these these uh, these issues. So that was my 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 summary for for. Uh, How would you summarize it, Fred, on your uh, side? Would you add anything? Well, I've got the first bullet point the same as you. Like, you need to get a yeah. diagnostic or diagnostics or diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But basically, you have to understand what's causing it. It's um, getting a DX is, is essential. And like my two other points were like prioritizing social over academics mm -hmm. because it's easy to prioritize academics because that's how kids are graded uh i think it changed in the states but regardless it's always like performance uh but yeah. you social development is not something that they measure so you can be really good at math but fail on the social side of things so i think it's something that they they, they push academics way too much they want gifted kids to be like little geniuses but in the end what's going to help us down the line, especially if we are autistic or have ADHD or, or basically neurodivergent. And I think it's living with that and socializing is going to mm -hmm. help us more. That That's the kind of stuff that's going to help us in school. It's not going to be like uh, the language classes or the math classes. That stuff is easy and we understand it. And when you're an adult, it's not the kind of stuff that really helpful. It's the other mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah. last point is, like I said, like feeding yourself outside of school and work, especially on my end, like work, we're, we're talking about kids, but for me, school and work was never enough. So I always took other classes and I always took other jobs at night, did startups, did projects outside of the office hours so that I would get satisfied and come back the next day. <laughs> Because if you yeah. don't, school is never enough and you'll try to get stuff out of school that's not supposed to be obtained in school. You'll you'll try mm -hmm. to get something out of it. You'll try to push it too much, uh, but the other kids will not follow. For example, like me in programming classes, I was going a bit too far and I got scolded for it. Like uh, the yeah. teacher went, was not having any fun. <laughs> Because like he would give an assignment and I would complete it in a few seconds and then I would do better and and do it uh, in a way that he didn't that was more complex and it ended mm -hmm. up having a few kids next to me and and looking yeah. at that stuff so he would disrupt disrupt class and stuff so I would get scolded and mm -hmm. yeah so it's it you have to maintain a balance in school and work yeah. is not. It's, it's not, not the place always. to go all in. Like yeah. it's not RuneScape. Like you, yeah. you can do. You're expected to do few skills, but not max them out. Like we like yeah. to. So you have to find other ways to do that. You need to be careful. And yeah. that we're we're down to the um, outro, which I had not planned. So hopefully you guys enjoy this vid this video or podcast or however you're experiencing it. We'll have the links in do doobly doo. Like I said, I'm Fred at Strange Lab Life, and we're here with Jonathan, the completionist and the who likes to complete stuff. And I hope you guys thank have you a so much, Fred. <laughs> have a great time. 
Uh, as much as we did, we, we went a little bit off the rails for a few minutes there, but we stuck with their right time. Uh, we'll see what gets edited out and gets kept in. Uh, we did discuss briefly maybe talking about the next subject, but when we discussed it, there's so many subjects that we like. And in the meantime, that we'll do the next recording. We'll probably have more ideas of subjects, so we don't know where gonna, what we're going to do in the next episode. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be fun. And as always, the and format is three questions from the audience are picked from Twitter, as as well as a long subject that we deep dive about thirty minutes in. But so, and probably... if anyone wants to leave anything in the comments, uh, a subject maybe that you have an idea, as as we said it. It can come from the community, so any questions uh, in the comments, we'll uh, we'll try to address it. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. and uh, see you soon in the next podcast. See you soon in the next. Bye, everybody. Bye. Cue the ambient music now, Fred. <laughs>